So Linda is, I've got it written down, so I'll make sure I've got her title right. Linda is a senior manager in IT vendor management for Chick-fil-A. And she's been with Chick-fil-A for a number of years. Some of you were here when she shared her story about a year ago, actually. Um, In the world of women's ministry, Linda wears many hats. She is a member of our prayer team. She's on our advisory board. She teaches. Um, She's here at Genuine Wisdom. And so you can see that she um, seeks to live her life for the things that are of eternal value, even as she also is involved in a um, a corporation that seeks to honor God through its um, commercial endeavors. Linda loves Jesus. She loves his people. She's a servant. She's a friend. And she's coming tonight to share with us some things that she's learned about being alone with God and how that's helped to make her who she is in Christ. So we're going to turn our attention now to Linda McIntyre. Thank you. How are we doing? How's this, buddy? Sound good? Okay. And you don't hear my earrings clicking, do you? Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Somebody spoke one time and their earrings clicked. It was like the most (laughs) horrible thing and I am such an introvert. Noise drives me crazy. And so I was like having a come apart out there. The person didn't even, re- didn't even know it. And I'm losing my mind. So um, I have a Be Our Guest card for each of you that are here. And um, this is, um, our, it's your choice and we love to treat you. And it's for either a small frosted lemonade, a chocolate chunk cookie, ice cream, or a small milkshake. And um, if you... Get a like peach. Get a milkshake because they they won't be available uh, for long. Um, yeah, <laughs> is that due to people snarfing it up or um, uh, if we, it's um, what we call an LTF, a limited time flavor, and uh, it gives us a chance to you know have Christmassy things at Christmas. And so anyway, it's been a blessing for me to work at Chick Fil A for 23 years as of June 1st of this year. And um, truly, you can just say every day is a blessing there. And um, everybody that knows me know I have a very tender heart and things choke me up easily. So let me just go ahead and put that out there because that will happen again. And um, But truly, 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 just to, um, if you have... Uh, you know, if you're interested in working at Chick-fil-A, I'd love to talk with you about it. Or if you have children that might want to work there, it's a wonderful leadership development program. And, um, you know, it's just, we and we do, um, it's no small thing to stand for Christ in the marketplace, for sure. So, um, you know, we take that seriously. And, and uh, our corporate mission statement uh, has two parts. And the first part is um, to... Uh, glorify God by being, that's the second part, um, is um, to be a faithful steward of all that God has entrusted to us and to have a positive impact on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And so, um, as you all can, if you've been familiar with us, we've had many opportunities, certainly in recent years, to try to do that. So, um, uh, and so we don't take that lightly at all, but uh, it's, a, it's a great place full of development and um, just wanting you to be a better person. And really, that's why I'm here tonight is to talk about how um, spending time alone with God has really made a difference in my life. And, um, and um, so 
uh, just another little thing about me is I am totally visual. And so whenever I do a talk, it's always in PowerPoint with with images and then the words. I know what the the outline is. I love to outline. But the images, uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so this is pretty rich with some great photography. Susan mentioned my job. You know, our, our my team's responsible for all the technology at the home office and in the restaurants. And so uh, we work with a lot of people to do that. It's not just us. But um, so it's been a, a really challenging week. And I got up at 2 this morning to finish this. And I'll show you some things in here where the Lord would just give me certain images. It would just be such an encouragement. And I think that's how God is, that he knows, he calls us to do things we cannot do ourselves in our own strength. But then he'll encourage you along the way with just little things we talk about Houston. Um, Casey's son is um, looking for a job and how God did something for him. Wasn't the job, wasn't what he was really praying about, but just some little encouragement along the way. And I think that is, I've seen that in my life so many, so many times. Um, But let's talk about this image. When I found this image, it's like one of the very first images I found for tonight. I was like, oh, that is so beautiful. And so it says a lot of things to me, but I thought I would rather hear what, so, okay, everybody just kind of loosen up. It's, it's, it's not going to go perfectly. Um, you know, I'm going to bomb PowerPoint here or something, but let's just talk, especially because it's a smaller group. So if, if you wouldn't mind sharing, what does the, what do you see in that photo, if anything? Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. And everybody, could everyone hear? Okay, awesome. Speak up a little bit. Other thoughts? You know, there's no wrong answers here. That's gorgeous. That's beautiful. What about the girl? What do you see about the girl? Sorry? Praising creation. She looks like Jennifer, someone said. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful compliment. Other thoughts? Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. Expectant. I think expectant is is something that I would say. Excited. Oh, my gosh. I was looking at my list. Um, And a a phrase that we've been using a lot recently, and, and I saw a little clip on Facebook right before I came in of Michael, crying out. I really feel like in our world today... We need to cry out, not for us, just for ourselves, but really for our world and, and for the gospel, for the kingdom. So, um, but I hope you feel like that. I hope you feel like what this image shows um, when you think about spending time alone with God. Um, last month, um, I think there's a theme here of Charlotte spoke last month on abiding in Christ. I'm going to talk about um, what I call alone with God, a quiet time. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But, um, and then Casey's going to talk in September on prayer. And, and pr- any, your quiet time is going to be full of prayer. So I'm trying not to steal her thunder and, uh, and just stick with what I'm supposed to say. But, um, but I hope you have that kind of, um, these attributes, everything we've talked about, fit into how you come to God because Charlotte said last month she goes it's not a checklist it's a relationship and I I am a I have a list of my lists and checking things off makes me really happy and I find myself doing that it's like okay let me get let me have my let me go ahead and get my quiet time out of the way so to speak I don't use those words but it's like okay let me check that box so keep just kind of keep that theme in mind if you would and um 
I'm going to just pray for us again, if that's okay, and um, just with a focus on this. Lord, uh, we come. We're um, your daughters. You you've came for us first. Thank goodness. And so I just pray that um, that everything of you would come through and nothing of me. And uh, just for your glory, draw us closer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, all right, last, all right, so one of my key points about a quiet time is scripture. The bulk of the time should be spent in God's word. And, you know, our theme here at Women's Ministry is to be women of the word. And so um, we're going to start with a, a biblical foundation. One of the things I started doing in my classes when I teach recently is reading scripture together. And at the end, I would choose a scripture that sort of summed up what the whole class was about as a prayer. And we would say that together as our closing prayer. It was so meaningful. So I'd like for us to read John 17, 1 through 3 together, if that's okay with y'all. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, the position of these words spoken by Jesus in John 17 occur right after Jesus has said farewell to the disciples. And so really what he's done at that point is speak to them from God. And so here at the beginning of John 17, this is the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in the scriptures and the detail that is here. And really he's praying then to the Father on behalf of them. And so um, so it's it's called the high priestly prayer. You'll see in in your Bible sometimes. But um, it's um, very special. And so... um, so I think the words that I've highlighted, I want to look at um, verse 2 where it says, to give eternal life. And when you look up what that really means, that's talking about relationship with God and Christ. And I think that's the first key foundation of what a quiet time is, is a relationship. And um, through Christ, um, throughout eternity, and just growing in that. And, and the use of Jesus Christ there, that is the, the only time Christ uses both names for himself. And so it's establishing their um, Savior and um, anointed one, the, the Christ. And so all of this here is just pointing to why he came. He's giving his last words. You know when you go away from someone, you, you, you say your, your very most important message to them right as you're leaving. And so Jesus is talking about that to them. And, and that, this, these verses right here really talk about the relationship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so as we come to God, we are experiencing relationship with him and the three persons of the Trinity there. So I just want to think about getting the idea of relationship in your mind as we start to talk more about this. Okay. So as I said, when I I call spending time alone with God a quiet time, and that comes from when I first became a Christian back in my early 20s, that's what everybody called it. 
Um, Casey and I have a friend who refers to it as her reading. I do my reading every morning. And uh, some people say devotions, you know. Um, but do you all, does anybody else have a, a different way they think about that time or another way? Okay, we'll go with that. But okay, and those of you who know me well know how much I just am a Tim Keller groupie. Um, Tim Keller is a pastor of a Redeemer Presbyterian in New York, and I, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about this book a lot tonight. And if you do not have this book, I feel like this book is like every Christian should have this in their library. It is not a book that you whiz through reading. It is a book you go back to. It is a reference book. And um, one of the things that he said, one of the many things I have under... Okay, so I have th- this book. I have a digital version on my Kindle, and I have an audible version. An, and I find I use them in different ways. And so Ken, uh, Amazon really likes me. Um, but... Um, so it, not only is it a, a relationship, but how can you further a relationship without a conversation? And so I love what Tim says here, that a quiet time is the continuation of a conversation that God has started. And I chose this picture of this girl because this is me at my home in the morning. Now, I, am, I love to get up early. This morning was a little too early. But um, I have my iPhone, my iPad, I don't usually use my laptop, but I have my iPhone, my iPad, and I journal. And I feel like if you do not journal your prayers, you are missing out on a blessing. And so I'll just be that dramatic about it. Um, And I've got mine up here if you want to look through it. Um, Because you're really recording your own Acts of the Apostles, I feel like. I call it the Acts of Linda, what God has done for me in Christ. And it's wonderful to look back and see where God has answered questions, where you've poured out your heart to him, verses that you're like, what was that verse? And, um, and so, and I always have coffee, cause, as you can see, because I, I love coffee. And, uh, and so many times, Tim talks about, read in, in the scripture until your heart melts. And I think that's what happens in a quiet time, that God so wants to bless us and pour into us, your heart just comes to a point where you melt. Okay, so, okay, now, this little image right here, I, about 3.30 this morning, I was looking for something to use as sort of a, a divider and sort of a summary slide. And this, and green is my favorite color. And um, I used to be a teacher. And so if the only thing that's missing is if she had red hair. And so, um, but I, you know, so this is how God can bless you. I was like, when I found that, I was like, I love this slide so much. So you're going to see it a lot, number one. And, um, but it's just a sort of a, this is a transition or a summary. Um, and so just to summarize here what we've talked about before, that a quiet time is a relationship and a conversation to begin with. And I love this little picture. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And a lot of times, um, you know, if you're, I I love to visualize um, these kinds of things when I'm praying or in situations where you're afraid or discouraged or whatever, but I think that's really charming. And, um, and, you know, that's, if, if you don't feel that way about a quiet time, I really pray God would change that in your heart tonight. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so that's kind of the, the why of it. It's a relationship. We want to grow in our relationship, our knowledge of God, our love for him it, through conversation. And that doesn't mean talking out loud and God doesn't talk back to me out loud. It, you know, it speaks to your heart. So, um, but... Um, Let's get down to the how. You know, I'm a, I'm a really practical person. I love the how. And, um, and so, um, 
two things, a place and a time that you can be still. Um, it, you know, quiet is important. And then a regular and consistent time each day. Now, notice what I don't say here is I don't tell you whether it's morning or evening for you. And I don't say, um, what is my second point here that I said? Ooh, oh, gosh, I thought I skipped something. Sorry. Um, I don't say how long. Um, this is my main point to you in that I've and really learned in recent time, I would say, and that is a quiet time. You are a person. God created you as you as we are. A quiet time should be about how he wants to talk to you specifically. And so it, it, um, it, it's precious. It's sacred. It's unique. And, um, and so those kinds of questions, is it morning or evening, how long, I, those are things between you and God. And let God lead you because there is joy in the creativity and the creation of that. That, um, you know, having a recipe or, um, you know, somebody else does it this way, I need to do it this way. No, go to God, ask Him, let Him answer. That experience right there is the beginning of a very unique, of a road to knowing and loving Him more because it's you and He. And he's interacting with you in a way that's going to be meaningful for you to help you to grow in him. And we all want to change. If you're, it, um, if you are saved, the Holy Spirit is working in you to conform us to the image of Christ. It can only take place as we spend time with him. So that's my main message: is between you and him. Dis- let, and over the years, I've done many different things. Many, many, many different things. I need a Kleenex. Thank you. So we're just going to be real here for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, thank you. And, I, you know, I, so I thought this slide was so appropriate for people your age. Man does not live by CNN, The Times, Twitter, or bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I like social media, believe me. And, um, but... Um, so Tim Keller wrote this great um, Q ideas everybody okay Tim Keller wrote a great blog posting called Wisdom and the Sabbath and it's about the, the how we spend our time you've talked about this before John Piper you've talked about that and um, it was really convicting for me but um it doesn't mean we don't get rest. It doesn't mean we don't do just relax and do nothing. But we need to really think. We will give an account in eternity for our time. And so when you see a slide like this, it's what it really means. It doesn't mean you're reading the Bible all day long. You know I don't think that. But it does mean a priority. And it does mean investing in others for sure. Okay. Um, and then God's word is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now that last sentence can be a little bit scary sometimes. And, um, you know, here's what I always remind myself. It's, um, do I think God doesn't know what's really going on in my own mind? You know, do I think I'm hiding it from him? When we can just come and go, sometimes I'll just start out my quiet time with, Lord, you know I'm X. Lord, you know I'm afraid. You know I'm tired. You know I'm discouraged. You know I'm hurt. 
get real. You know, that would be my, my uh, bottom line. Only, it, we think we, if we hide things and hold them in, that that's, it, we can just go on from it. But many things need to come out for healing, and so don't be afraid of that. That is my advice. Do not be afraid. Because he loves us. And it might be painful. It's like my dentist told me one time when I had this horrible thing in my mouth. She goes, I've got to hurt you to make it better. I was like, that's the Lord, you know? I've got to help hurt you to make it better. So don't be afraid. This picture, you know, we pray and spend time with him because Christ did. At the rise, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And you know, many times in Christ's life, he would pray all night. Um, a couple of years ago, Janet and I had an opportunity to go to Israel, and to me, the, the most moving place in all, the whole tour, and we went from northern Israel all the way to the Dead Sea, is the Garden of Gethsemane. It has... There's just a presence there. And you know, the trees are the same ones that were there in the time of Christ. And, uh, and you just, when you read those scenes and think of, can you not pray with me for an hour? That, when I don't have my quiet time, that verse haunts me. Can you not pray with me for an hour? Think about that. Wise use of time. Okay. Our little girl's back. And um, so... Um, so think about, uh, we just there talked about when and how long and, you know, if you've never really had a consistent quiet time, start small. Don't try to do, you know, 45 minutes. Start small. Um, okay. So this is funny as think. All right. I did a Google search, quiet time with God, 5,100,000 results. And so, um, Obviously, I'll not be covering all of that tonight. But um, I'm going to talk about what has been meaningful for me. And um, again, I encourage you to just sit before the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? And wait for him to answer. Because so many times we try to answer for him, and what he wants to say will be of immeasurable, immeasurably more beautiful, joyful, and deep than anything we could come up with. He's God. All right. Okay. I love this picture. Oh, my gosh. Um, I really think of it like that when we ask these questions. He's just there waiting. You know, it talks about that, um, you know, that we should be like a child. And um, when you look at the root meaning of that word, it really means an infant. And so an infant really can't do anything for themselves. So we wait on the Lord. That's what abiding in Christ is. For without him, John 15, I can do nothing. But I think this picture really sums it up. He's just very expectant, right by your side, waiting. Um, Okay, let's talk about, all right, this is a concept. And it's so funny how you'll be thinking about something, and then Susan sent out um, a, a posting about preparation. And so I'm going to talk about, I, didn't, I don't use the word preparation, um, but I talk about approaching God, how we approach God. And when I was a young Christian, I will have to say that this is how I would approach God. Dear Lord, here's my list. These are the things I need. Um, amen, in Jesus' name. And then I'm looking up, waiting for deliveries to arrive. You know, it, it's like I'm waiting for him to bring me my order. It's like, well, I think God's Amazon. And so, um, obviously, I'm not recommending that. Um, but if, you know, I have been in places where you're just so broken, so low. One time, I forget through this story. Um, 
I was driving to Birmingham. It was back when I was a manager of an office in Atlanta and Birmingham to commute back and forth. It was pouring down rain. Um, and I felt like I was at the lowest point of my life ever. And yeah, I'm sitting in the car, really just sobbing out loud. And um, I um, just really, and so um, I just felt like every era of my life was just a disaster. And I was a believer at this time. And it was like the Lord said to me, not in an audible voice, trust me. I stopped crying and, and went on. And I so go back to that when I think about approaching God. And that is, I, he truly knew what was going on with me 100%, did not fix anything right there at that moment, but encouraged me to come to him. That's what this is all about. How we approach God. So it's not me going down my list, but it's me putting my list in his hands to do with as he wishes. So when we think about approaching God, I love this picture because I think it shows the right attitude. Um, And we'll talk more about that. But, you know, I mean, sometimes you're at the lowest point of life, just like I was in the car that day. And, um, but other times, you know, it's a good time. Good times roll. And, um, and so it's all of those. If you, you know, um, that had spent some time with some friends, you know, that really mean a lot to me, and, and they had gone home, and I was having my quiet time. It was just a time of joy, just recounting gratitude. So it's not all negative. It's not all sad. So it's in whatever stage, at whatever age, at whatever emotion, whatever um, reality come. Okay. But let's talk about our attitude. So... Um, this is Moses at the burning bush, and um, it says, um, Then he said, Do not come near. Take, off, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Okay. Um, in the West, we really have, um, especially today, it just seems like, you know, a lack of... Um, Okay, I went to Catholic school back in the day when the nuns wore habits. And, you know, if an adult came in the room, you had to stand up, good morning, so, so and so, good morning, sir, good morning, ma'am. And so the nuns will really beat um, submission into you and reverence and all of that kind of stuff. It's not in a good way. But um, so I feel like I got, but today, like, you know, uh, my mother had a stroke and my nephews came in and sat right down. And she, you know, it, we needed to get her in a chair. She's with a cane, can hardly walk. You know, it's just a sense of reverence, of awe, of you know, preferring someone over us. So I never really, I really looked into this. And, um, you know, here in the West, we would take our hat, men would take in the past, I'm not sure if they do anymore, but you would take your hat off when you would come into someone's home as a mark of reverence. But in the Middle East, this, this would have been very known to Moses at that time. And this is what this is a symbol is of. The removal of the shoes is a confession of personal defilement conscious unworthiness to stand in the presence of unspotted holiness. So I think that sums it up pretty well. And so I'm going to take off my shoes the rest of the time. And if you feel like you would like to do that, but don't feel compelled. But it's just a personal state, a statement of defilement. You know, we are not worthy to stand in his presence, but he comes for us. That's the good news. Okay. Um, all right, so let's talk about approach. Um, 
one of the things that I love to do on Sunday mornings, I'll try to really do have a very different quiet time on Sunday because we're living out of the finished work of Christ. And um, I, I don't usually pray the things I pray during the week. I pray for the church a lot on Sunday. And um, I try... Um, you know, to pray for the gospel, the advancement of the gospel. But I love to, and nowadays, you know, I have hundreds of songs on my iPhone and my iPad. And so I um, usually will play a song and sing along. Sometimes I'll just listen to one. But I think that hymns and music are a way to approach. There's so much theology in music, and um, someone's I, music to me will touch places words never will. And um, some, um, Julie Van. Julie, someone that work goes here said after I said that one time she goes, Linda, my dad told me that the souls, the spirit sings. She said I can't prove that anywhere, but I thought that makes sense. So we're gonna. I thought we for what we're gonna do now is kind of role model. We're gonna kind of do together what I I tend to do in my quiet time, and um, just to kind of experience a new. Um, some things about approach and then uh, how I meditate on scripture and I thought we'd just do it together if that's good and just give you some practice on that so we sang this song on Sunday and I was like okay the Lord always gives me a song whenever I talk I can't one of my most exciting moments is when I get the song and so Sunday when we were singing I was like this is a song okay lead me to the cross but what really uh, you know obviously the cross everything but it's the opening words for that, from that song. Savior, I come, quiet my soul. So, oh gosh, I mean, the pace of today, um, the stimuli that is there, the noise of today, the fracturedness of life today. If ever there's a time that we needed to come, quiet our souls, and, and you know, just, even just sitting and calming down and listening, it is even if you did nothing else, will be effective. Okay, so I have to jump out of PowerPoint here for a minute and go over to... And Buddy's going to take care of us. If you don't like to sing, don't sing. Make it a prayer. If you like to sing, please sing. And um, we are just going to do Lead Me to the Cross together as a way of approach here to um, look at God's Word here in a minute. Okay? All right. <laughs> Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's hell, where your blood was spilled.
anyone else use music in their quiet time? Anybody? Do you? Good. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful song. Okay, we do not need We Fall Down. Um, okay, super dupe. Oh, and so you can see, here I am. This is me finding images. Love, 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 love to do that. Okay. All righty. So this is just kind of a summary. Ooh, sorry, buddy. So, uh, summary slide here. A dedicated time each day set aside to build your relationship with God through a conversation with God, to adore and praise him, to study scripture, to hear what he has to say, and the, to allow his word to renew our hearts and minds so that the spirit of God can transform us. You know, we think um, getting our own way and doing our own things are going to make us happy. Uh, but really, it, when you look at how God made us to be, he made us to glorify him and to benefit others. And so that's where our truest joy is found, not in, not in selfish things. And I love how it says, rid me of myself in that song. Okay. So, you know, Tim Keller is pastor at Redeemer in, in, um, in New York. I've never been there. It's on my bucket list to go to a service there someday. Um, it says, our goal as Christians is not just to know a God, but actually to know him as one person knows another. He's our father, our friend, our comforter, our guide, and our Lord. I love this story about the comforter. One day, um, some children were on a bed and uh, bouncing up and down, and the mother said, what are y'all doing? And they go, "We're, we're bouncing on the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Is that not a beautiful, don't you love how children's faith is so precious? We're bouncing on the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Whenever I see that word, I always think of that story. I think it's precious. Oh, our God and our Lord, knowing him in this way, talking with him in this way, calls for oh, responses of joy, of worship, of repentance, and sorrow, of hope and expectation. Hope and expectation. Knowing and loving God, that's what quiet times are all about. And I love this image because every new every morning, freedom in Christ, that can be sort of your uh, tagline for a quiet time. New every morning, freedom in Christ. All righty. So I had to show Tim's picture just because I like him. And I think he has a sweet face. Um, and um, I, just, I just love Tim Keller. Um, anyway, okay. So we talked about, all right, so this, so we, I, I talked about singing, um, but I think the key, the key thought to have in mind is this first sentence here, and we were talking about it, um, we always pray for the speaker, um, us mentor age women, um, and so we were talking about this, and I think we all got tears in our eyes, but God of the universe who created all things, who, who is from eternity to eternity, wants to spend time with us. I mean, the thought of that is overwhelming. And so it's a privilege, you know, and it, God is, we are never alone. Um, I think that's one of Satan's great lies, is for you to think you're alone in something. We are never alone. Ask him for help. Ask him to guide you. So I think that's one of the key elements in approaching, is to realize who he is, that he desires to know you personally, to encourage you, and he knows just exactly what you need at that moment in time. That's the key. Ask him for his presence and help as you read and pray. Lord, you know I'm tired. Lord, you know I don't get this. Lord, you know I, I get this and I just do not want to do this. 
help me, you know, show me the way. And all right, so I've talked about singing, but I've also used formal prayers, and I'm going to show you a couple of those um, that have really transformed my life. And I've learned things from repeating them over and over. They challenge me daily. And I think of my quiet time in the morning as just sort of realigning myself with God. And you would not think from one 24-hour period to the next that you need to do that. But I find I need to do that every single day. And, and really, multiple times throughout the day. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. What time is it? <laughs> it's like, what? I'm just going on here. Um, I choose a scriptural invocation. All right, so this is my, most, my key thing here. Use scripture to help us get started with scripture. I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. You know, the Psalms are replete with examples. And if people want this presentation, um, you know what? I'm going to put a piece of paper here. Put your email address and I'll email it to you. Um, Oh, yes. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I was talking to some friends recently and I go, and I was like, I have something to tell you. They go, what? I go, I'm on iTunes. <laughs> and they went, really? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I was like, it's hilarious. Sorry, buddy. I nearly blasted your ears. Anyway, um, just some, some wonderful scriptures. Um, and, uh, you know, there are many, 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 many. Uh, but here's a formal prayer from Luther. And um, I'm not going to read it just for the sake of time. But... Um, there's just so much in these. Your Father, let us experience the sweet and pleasant Savior, of, savor of a childlike certainty that we may joyfully call you Father, knowing and loving you and calling on you in every trouble. People say that Luther prayed between two and three hours every day during time when you would normally be working. You know, they didn't have lights and things like that at night, so and candles, I'm not sure, after a while, your eyes would bother you, but... Um, but the one I'm using currently, I really love this prayer. And all of, the, all of this is in Tim Keller's prayer book, um, Prayer Upon Rising from Sleep. I think there's just so much good theology in here. Um, the part about, um, well, anyway, there's just tons of good stuff in here. And so I, I love formal prayer. And um, I, I brought my journal, you know, this, you can't really see it from there. Okay, people freak out at how neatly I write. So, um, but, you know, this is that prayer. And, of course, I have to outline it for me. And, um, and just things, you know, every day I ask God, help me to glorify your name in, in two ways, by prayer and by obedience. And then I list some things that these are things I know I struggle with and I need help with. Okay, so formal prayer is great, but here's my favorite very simple scripture that I use before I study God's word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Amen, Amen. exactly. So that's one of my favorites. I pass it along for free. All right. Um, okay, but what, all right, so we talked all about different ways to approach scripture, songs, hymns, uh, formal prayers, just the thought of God wanting to spend time with us. But the heart of, I think, of your quiet time is meditation on the Word. And this is taken from Luther. And he really has, he, he, there are four things here, and he calls them a, a meditation garland. And so I'd like for us to do this together. And if you, have ne- if you want to do this, a place to start is the Lord's Prayer. And just take the phrases and use each of the phrases and work through these four steps. And I really have started doing this most of the time every day. Um, 
And um, sometimes I do different things on Sunday, but the first point is instruction. What is the essential content of this particular passage? And, um, and then what does this particular passage want me to believe or do? And so I'd love for you all just at your tables to talk about the beginning of Our Father Who Art in Heaven. Just together, just here, kind of share what you see as the es- essential part of that. I mean, the first thing that comes to me is the word our. So it's not, we don't experience God by ourselves. We experience him in community. We're the family of God, you know. And so, but talk about that just, and then go, you know, the second part of that. What does it want me to believe? What does it want me to do? So let's, if, is that okay? Just to talk? And this, tell us your name. Our Father who art in heaven. Just take that phrase, just that phrase, and and talk about what, you know, what does it mean? What is it insane to you? And then um, does it make you, what are you, what does, what does it, that passage encourage you to believe or, and, and or do? All righty. Bing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you just a maybe four minutes. All right. So I let God, I ask God to show me these things, to show me what the content is. And I love to write it down and, um, and write down what he shows me to believe and do. And it's always so encouraging. So the next step is thanksgiving. So what you've, you know, what God has shown you there, um, you know, uh, praise him, thank him for it. We can never do that enough. We can never have enough gratitude and praise for all that he's doing for us moment by moment, day by day. I mean, um, I, you know, just little things that we so take for granted. Um, clean water. Uh, uh, we had Rich Starnes, who's the president of uh, World Vision, come and speak at Chick-fil-A Devotion on Monday. I was talking about children walking hours a day to get water that will make them sick, and that's the only water they have. They do not have clean water. And, you know, we're sitting there, with all these drinks and all this stuff, I thought, gosh, just water. clean water is a blessing, you know? We just get to be so um, entitled and, and ungrateful. It, we, it was really challenging. Um, conf- okay, here we come the hard one. Um, how does this particular passage lead me to repent and to confess? A lot of times it's attitude. Uh, a lot of times it's just lack of faith. Um, despair, you know, giving up fear, all of those things. Just be honest with God. He will meet you. He will help you. And then the last is prayer. And you, I mean, it sort of seems to me, and this is Luther's way to meditate on scripture. And it, I need a a framework and I I love a framework. Um, But can you sit down and have God speak to you and not use a framework? Yes. But um, it helps me get going. But the part about prayer here, I'm praying through the whole time here. When the, I'm writing and the, writing down what the Lord has shown me about our Father, you know, gosh, Lord, you know how I, I'm, I'm an introvert. You know how I can be I, stingy with my time. Help me to invest in others. Help me to be open to others that need a word of encouragement. And I love the garland on her hair, and I think that's so. It's you know the the church fathers to think that Luther. And, and he, he shared this in a letter to his barber and, um, you know, about how to pray and how to meditate on the scriptures. Love it. Okay.
So, um, and if you're just getting started, this is, Tim Kelder wrote this book, and it's just tiny little meditations on all of the Psalms. You read a portion of the Psalms, then he does a, a little exposition of it, and then there's a prayer at the end. So I gave the, uh, the, the songs of Jesus. Oh, gosh. Um, if you do not have this, I, I mean, I gave this to everybody at Longview. And um, the, this wonderful family, the mother in this family, will turn 90 on May, on uh, August 9th. And, and when I gave it to her, she goes, Linda, I love the Psalms. I, I started crying. Her name is Mildred. My, my mother's name was Mildred. My mother's passed away. So she's like my surrogate mother. I love Mildred. Um, both of them. And, um, but I love, this is from um, Anthanasis, who was a church father. Under all circumstances of life, we find that these divine songs suit ourselves and meet our own needs meet our own soul's need at every turn. Amen. So let me tell you, though, on the just one last thing here about meditating on God's Word that just has become just an excitement to me is the only word I can use. Okay, so you know I love technology. You can tell, I mean, what I've got going on up here. And, and so um, I just think search on a Bible app or Bible gateway is just like the greatest thing Ever. So um, what I love to do is in the morning, if I, if so, if, you know, let's say you're going to start with the Lord's Prayer and go all the way through that, but you're like, okay, I'm done with that. What do I do now? And what I try to do, remember what God says to Adam after he sins. What does he say there in Genesis? Where are you? Now I try to think, where am I? And come up with a word. So um, Tuesday night, I woke up at two, Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. I woke up at 2.30. I could not sleep. So I got up. And so I, I um, had my, I, was, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll have my quiet time. So I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to need strength for the day. And then, I, so I, what I did was just go into, let me get to the web right here. And get, I'll just, I was going to use, I was going to try to use my iPhone, and it, we have to switch sources, so it just would be kludgy. So I'm going to use Bible Gateway here on a laptop. But I love Bible apps, and uh, I'm not going to use Bing. Um, and so uh, let me switch to Bible Gateway. Um, so I typed in the word strength, and, you know, hit enter, and um, 228 Bible results. And on the app, you can choose the Old Testament, the New Testament, or Psalms. And on, at least on my app, I have Takarda, the Bible app on here, because I like it gives the ESV free. Um, so I read through the ones on strength and was like, Mm-mm, not it. And so I thought, you know, I am just tired. I am, weir- I am just weary. And so I typed in weary. And so when I was reading through here, um, and just looking down, I just read these scriptures until my heart melts. And I came down to, I forget which one it actually was. So I chose, one of these was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Um, and and I, I, I think, I can't even remember which one it was right now. I can look at my book and tell you. Um, oh, here it is, this one. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. And so um, I just, so I use that verse to, for instruction, con- thanksgiving, confession, and prayer. And I, I do that many days now because I feel like I'm trying to come clean with God. I, I'm, 
trying to just help myself be real and let him minister to me where I need it. So just a thought again, these are many thoughts, and do what the Lord calls you to do. So here is just a closing thought for you. Being still means you and God alone, just the two of you. Why don't we choose to sit at his feet? So that's my prayer for all of us, that we'll just choose to sit at his feet more because everything we need, everything we want to be, can be found there for his glory. In Jesus' name, thanks for coming.